ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Iron Overload, that IO hardcore number 55 coming your way. Today, it's going to be a really fun one. You might want to a favorite this one on those days where you might not feel like working out or something. This one is going to be called What Motivates the Gym Grind. So I'm bringing Mobster on this one. This was a topic that he uh, wanted to do. It's been asked a lot. So I'll bring him early on this one, Mobster. Talk a little bit about this one. Start us off on the show. Right. So... What you'll occasionally see, Steve, and I, I think this especially seems to apply, actually, I'm going to say young people, but I don't think it does. I've actually seen older people. A lot of people get into the habit of, uh, I go to the gym, like you go to the beach. And uh, that's literally what they'll say to you. And you'll say, okay, if you want to, you'll see them in the gym, Steve, and they come four times a week, five times a week, whatever. They, they, they'll, they'll say, if you see them on the forums, I'm, I'm in the gym for two hours. And stuff like that. And you and I will say stuff like, okay, the gym owner's in the gym longer than you are. The time that you're in the gym isn't relative. The work that you put in the gym is important. Now, again, like Steve says, there's going to be days where, you know, there the, is a grind. And we're going to do two things here. I'm going to suggest stuff that applies to those people that, quote, unquote, are going to the gym and how they can have a focus. And I'm also going to do it for you when you're struggling, when you go to the gym and it is a grind, when it's just, oh, my God, it's goddamn hard work. So there's a bunch of stuff here. Number one would be, Steve, keeping a training diary. Uh, we have the, we encourage members on the forums to have a training log, not just because they're on cycle, although it's fantastically effective when you're on cycle, because a lot of us, myself, Steve, and others will jump in and point out you need to do this or you're doing too much of that and so on and so forth. But having, and I've, I, we, we talked about training logs recently as well, Steve, in another podcast, having a training log or a diary, and I mean a paper diary, not on your phone, guys, is surprisingly effective at keeping you on target. And that includes the day when it's a grind. That includes the day when life stress in your tired works a bitch, et cetera, et cetera. Because literally looking in that diary, seeing what you've done last time is going to say, you know what, I need one more rep today. I need another few pounds on the bar. So there's stuff like that. So there, there's one. Let me give you another one. And I've told this story just funny enough today at the, at the local gym where I was training all of about 40 minutes ago. So back in the day, like a normal person, I had a day job and we had an early shift, Steve, and a late shift. Now, late shift is like 11 till 7. We'd finish a little bit earlier than 7 o'clock. And if I was real, real lucky, I'd catch the train home to where I lived. And for me, right next to the railway station was the gym. But you've got to remember, I've done a shift. This is the same for guys in construction, in an office. It doesn't matter. The later in the day that it is, the harder it is to get motivated, the more of a grind it is. So here's a couple of things that I would do, Steve. I'm fully aware that after an eight-hour shift, late in the afternoon, early evening, I'm not going to be as lively or as focused or as on point as I would be in the morning. And I would do things like making sure that my last break of the day, which was around 4.30 in the afternoon, I'd have a big, proper oatmeal flapjack. 
and I would buy two. I'd have one which I would have then, and I, would, I wouldn't have anything with caffeine at that point of the day. And then the second flapjack went into my pocket, and as I'm going back to finish the shift, walking around uh, central London, I would have that second flapjack. This is around 6 o'clock. And at the railway station, if I had a minute or two to spare, I'd grab a black coffee from Burger King, get on the train and be worn out. T typical, same with all the commuters, kind of blasted for the day, Steve, especially on a Friday, zone out a little bit. But by the time I got to where I lived, the railway station I got off, the caffeine kicked in and the second flapjacks kicked in. And I've got that energy to hit the gym. So timing of my food was an important thing there. I mean, there's a bunch of other ideas. I want all of you to be motivated as much as possible. And it's impossible to be full on 100% every single time. You know, you're not going to have the rah-rah band. You're not going to be feeling like you could walk to the moon and back every single time you go to the gym. But there's a bunch of ideas that we're going to suggest in this podcast that's going to keep you on point, keep you focused, and so on and so forth. So throw in a couple of your own, and I'll come back after you. Yeah, and I have a bunch that I have here, Mobster. So we're going to kind of go through them, you know, one at a time. But um, I wanted to follow up on the log. Uh, if you come on the forum, ironoverload.io, you're welcome to. It doesn't matter if you're new to the forum or anything. Uh, come on the forum and get a log going. It's going to keep you honest. Uh, get some pictures, before and after pictures. Um, put up a picture of yourself, you know, block out your face. You don't have to post, you know your real face or anything. And, um, you know, it's completely anonymous. It's free. And you can go on there and you can get some tips from a lot of guys on there that are trying to help you. And we all will definitely, you know, at least every other day, we'll come on the thread and, and we'll support you. We'll motivate you. We'll keep you, keep, keep you going. We'll give you some tips. We'll give you some advice. And it really, really does help. Some of my best cycles have been when I have, you know, kept a diary, kept a log, you know, keep it in your mind, whatever, whatever works for you. But like actually putting it on the forum and having it on there. And the best thing of it uh, uh, as well, it not only helps you, but it helps other people because other people can go in there and they can read the logs. The logs have a lot of views for that reason, because a lot of people want to see what is happening when this person trains this way, eats this way, uses this steroid, uses this SARM, whatever. They want to see the results and see how the effects are. So that's very, very important to, to do a lot. We really, really want to encourage that. Another thing, Mobster, and I'll, um, I'll do a couple more before I bring you back. Gym environment to me is important. Um, if you go to a gym and there's hardcore people in there, they're taking it seriously. It's, it's a good environment. People aren't miserable. People aren't, you know, acting like a bunch of jerks. That makes a big difference because now, you know, now you're going to be able to ping pong that energy off of each other. So I really like a good gym environment. I don't like a gym that's like ridiculously packed. So I don't like going to the gym around 5, 30, 6 o'clock. People get out of work, go to the gym. I like to go to the gym when it's semi-busy. I don't like to go to the gym when it's empty either. I want to kind of go where it's like a good mix, right, of people. And a good gym environment, you know, like clean up your equipment, you know, handle your business. Don't get up on people's shit. You know, mind your own business. You know, socialize in between sets. That's fine. But a, a good gym like that where I can go and just handle my business 
and nobody bothers me. The gym manager there isn't a prick walking around, you know, harassing people. That's that's the kind of gym I want to go to, you know. So just a good gym environment is important with good equipment um, and hardcore people working out there who are taking it serious. The last one, and I'll bring you back in, Mobster, is music. And, um, you know, I'm listening, you know, to different music. Um, I used to have Sirius Satellite Radio. I might get that back again. Um, but that's a really good one because you can flip through so many different stations. They have so many stations that you can, so many genres of music. And I like a lot of genres of music. I'm not one of these people that just likes this music or that music. Like I, I'll listen to like Enya on one end and I'll listen to like hardcore rap and hip hop on the other end. As long as it's good. I'll listen to Tupac because, you know, he's a, he was a gifted rapper. He's got some great music and I'll listen to Enya and, or, or her sister, uh, Maya Brennan mobster from your, uh, your neighbor over there. So I like all kinds of genres of music as long as it's good. I like 80s music. I grew up in the 80s. Of course, I'm going to like 80s music. That's what I grew up listening to. I mean, my dad would put it in the car. So I got used to the the 80s music. I really like it. Um, Madonna's kind of played out. I know you like Madonna, Mobster, but Madonna, she's kind of played out. Her music has been played like so many times. I'm kind of sick of her music. But I like some of the other artists, even like Michael Jackson, you know, and so different music. I like to shuffle the music. I don't like to listen to the same music over and over and over. I like to shuffle it around. So I'm always looking for new songs to kind of add to my little thing that I take to the gym with me to, to listen to headphones. So I really like that. And, you know, it's uh, it makes it fun. It pumps me up, you know, to work out. I love jamming to a new song that I just came across. I like jam to it like the whole workout, you know, and I'll get bored with it. So those are some some of the things I like to do. I have so many more, but I'm gonna bring you Mobster um, because I know you want to talk about some of the stuff that I've talked about. A hundred percent on the music, Steve. I, I, you listen to like you listen to like the Scottish kilt music, right? The bagpipes. No, like that. Is that what they funny play enough, in the gyms? Should, Funny enough, you should say that. I've actually been at events where someone's genuinely. Actually, let me give you a very quick backstory. So. Uh, a buddy of mine through the magazine that I used to publish back in the day, Muscle Mob, was Dave Webster. And Dave Webster's the old fella that some of you that have been to the Arnold wearing a kilt, wearing, my God, he had the worst wig in the universe, Steve. Uh, but he's like, I think he's like 98 right now, Steve. He's seriously, seriously from way back in the day. And he invited myself and a buddy up to the Blair Athol Games. Now, the Blair Athol is like a, a big Scottish castle. They had the uh, Highland Games element, and they also had a strongman competition. They've even got a life-size replica in the castle grounds of the Pharnacy Hercules, the classic Herculean post where he's got the lion skin and he's leaning on some tree stump, and this is life-size. So the, we were there the day before. The day after, which is the day of the games, you have like 5,000 people sometimes playing gatherings where 30,000 people that would come down from the various tiny villages to see the Laird's Castle, and to be—it's a big social occasion as well as the event. Now, the Blair Athol thing is that they had the last, by some agreement with King Henry or King George or whatever, they had the last private army in Great Britain. So they can't come in with swords and and fight and shit. But what they can do, and what they did do as part of this event, is they would have fifty—and I mean fifty—people with bagpipes, drums cannons 
and even the laird beating the shield with his sword. Now, I'm not Scottish. I'm not Celtic. I'm a Londoner, born and bred, so to speak. But the hairs on the back of your fucking neck stand up, Steve. There's 5,000 people. You've got the mountains around you. You're in the middle of Scotland, not in a city, and there's 50 bagpipe players, and they're beating shields and drums and cannons are going off and shit. It's, it makes you want to take part. It really does. So that well, we, element, learned, that, we learned that in America that the Scots and the Brits don't like each other from the movie Braveheart, which was a very <laughs> yeah. it was a very it's an real, exaggeration, man. Well, I, it was I, a, it was based on the true story of, of William Wallace oh, yeah, 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 and how yeah, he yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. had a baby yeah. with the, the the queen of uh, from from the only from, evils that I got on the day of the event, Steve. I wasn't taking part. I'm taking photographs. I'm reporting on the event for the magazine. And everybody else is eating like tiny little snacks to get through the competition. And I've got one of them big fuck off greasy burgers. And all the athletes were looking at me and saying, like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that in front of me? Funny enough, afterwards, it was so cool trying single malt whiskeys with the Highland Games athletes and, and hearing all the bullshit. And it was just amazing. That sense of occasion and the crack, as they say afterwards, was super, super cool. I'm, like I said, a London boy. I've come up from London for the day at that time where I was living then. And I'm I'm we're in the bar with the Scottish Highland Games athletes. Kilts have come off, and they're bringing over single malts. Try this, try this. It was amazing vibe. So the thing with music, that sometimes it can be majorly inspirational, and a lot of you will have what you call your go-to tune. Steve's mentioned a few, and I 100%. I think back in the day, I've actually lost the playlist that I had then, but I had a serious playlist which included things like Hatebreed and other those kind of bands. And there was always a part of the music once you got into the playlist where if I wasn't kicking ass at that point, I was having a bad day. And the music would lift you. So there, there's definite arguments for music. And as Steve says, gym atmosphere. So one of the tricks you can do on the day when it's a struggle is go to a different gym, Steve. Don't, don't go to a fitness-type gym that maybe does you 99 times out of 100. The day that you're struggling... Go to the hardcore, dirty, spitting, sawdust type place and know that you've got to put on a show, so to speak. You've got to lift yourself up out of that atmosphere, whatever the hell it is that's got you down. Like I said, you can be tired, you can be stressed, work can be getting on your your, your woman, your partner, whatever's bending your ear, or just playing good old-fashioned. It's the end of the week and you need to go to the hardcore place on a Friday so you can get a really, really good session in. Like I said, there's a bunch of athletes we know that change gyms according to the equipment the atmosphere i want to squat on this place a good example let me give you another example was a tom platz and i think arnold did this would wear certain clothing on certain days i think tom talked about his squatting shorts and his squatting socks and his squatting shoes arnold cutting off the bottom of his training bottom to expose his calves so there's there's certain clothes that you might wear there's certain things that you do, habits that you have. And sometimes, and this is what I was saying, one of that food analogy that I used earlier, when you don't do those things, it's almost as though there's a ritual and you forgot to do your ritual. Yeah, the footballers, you know, getting the, the right foot on first and then the left foot and so on. These are silly little things, but it's kind of like practicing to be perfect, practicing to be good. Other examples is having a gym buddy. Uh, I don't typically train most of my time with people and I've had years with zero training partners and been extremely successful when I was winning British and European championships back in the day with no one, no one here. 
And yet equally, just recently, in the last year or two, I have a regular buddy that trains with me on leg dates. Uh, just He's only missed probably two, three sessions. So he's been sticking there for a good year or so. And just recently, again, I think the last eight or nine weeks, I've been training with old man Ken, uh, 76 years of age, bench pressing, and wants to get back to 125 kilo, 275 pound bench. And uh, what was what was we doing today, Steve? I was hitting 172 and a half kilos for a couple of singles, and old man Ken was hitting uh, triples with 115 kilos, so 250 something pounds. Having someone be there waiting for you, and then you can pick up off their energy because it's extremely unlikely that you're both having a shit day. He can be having the best day of his life and you could be having a day when it's a grind and you go and he'll pick you up. She'll pick you up, whatever. Training with women, Steve, if you're a man and vice versa, women training with guys. In this days of, you know, sexual choice, identity and all the rest of it, what happens in reality is even if you're not necessarily attracted to this person and you don't have to be, it's not important. What will happen is as often as not, nature will encourage you to, for want of a better phrase, put on a show. Don't let them see that you're tired. You will put out in terms of your energy and you will, women, especially, for example, has been argued. I don't know. I've seen arguments for and against, but there's an argument for women that says, um, they have a higher pain threshold. So she will do more reps with the weight that she does proportionate to your strength and vice versa. And she won't bitch out doing those more reps. She, that for whatever reason, the pain tolerance appears to be for the higher reps for women, arguably better. And therefore, if you get into a back and forth where she's doing 15 reps and you're only doing 12, now you want to do 15 because of the whole challenge, the, the atmosphere, whatever else, she won't be checked before you do. So that makes you grind harder. So there's another one for you. It, another one. And I've used this one a bunch of times back in the day. And I've got one more as well. So uh, enter a competition. Now, this could be a bet with a buddy. It could be a gym challenge. It could be getting your name up on the board at the gym. Uh, Jimmy in Pontypridd that I was involved in on the opening day has actually had a bunch of challenges. And they'll do things like, uh, healthy protein options as, as a prize, getting your name up on the wall with your photograph, uh, free membership for a month. So if you've already got membership, they extend it a month and so on and so forth. And one of their ones was uh, those awful airdyne type bikes. And you had to go flat out for as long as possible and get the most mileage in a minute or the most calories burned in a minute and so on and so forth. And, you know, if they put the bike right down near the entrance of the gym. So they, they, a couple of things going on. The entrance to the gym is floor-to-ceiling glass. And if people took a minute to look through the glass, they'd see you pedaling and rowing his arms on the bike 100 miles an hour. And so you know that people might be looking in. And then, of course, everybody that comes to the gym is walking past you. So the impression that the public get looking through and the gym members is that this is some kind of crazy fucked-up gym because there you are sweating your ass off red face, veins throbbing, arms going 100 miles an hour, feet going 100 miles an hour, and you know people are watching you. So gym challenges do it. A, a $10 bet with a buddy that such and such a weight is going to be lifted by the end of the month will do it. But the number one thing for me back in the day, and I used to say this for people, if you really want to see what you're capable of, and this especially works when the grind is on your ass and it's making you want to slack off and go home, is being having your name down for a competition and entering a competition, and you might come last. 
Someone's got to. You might do middle, you might win. Who the hell knows? But you will put out a level of energy, 5%, 10% more minimum than you would just going to the gym and doing stuff for yourself the way that you normally would. Literally stepping up. We've got two or three people on our forums right now, sometimes more, sometimes less, that are competing right this minute. MMA, um, two bodybuilders. I think we've actually had another one that's probably competing later in the year, Steve. And their entering competitions takes their game up. But funny enough, again, this is through the logs, guys. It lifts the rest of us up because you see the progress this person's making. Let me give you one more, and I'll bring Steve back in again. And Steve touched on this a little bit earlier on. Photograph. So it is difficult sometimes for us as individuals to be the best judge of ourselves. So that can even include, Steve, you take a photograph at the beginning when you was out of shape and you're halfway through the journey and you're having a grind of a day. And the end photograph will compare really, really well with the beginning photograph. But other people will see the difference in you. I, I have buddies that have literally just decided to get back in shape, might compete, and within a week you could see the difference in their face in terms of around the jawline. Within a week you can see the, better start, the, flat, the belly starting to flatten. That's just literally the water loss from cutting carbs. Things are starting to drop. Water's being pulled out of, the, of, of that usual places, and instantly you could see that their diet was back on point. Instantly you could see their training had gone up a notch. And one of the things, especially about the person I'm thinking of, Steve, is that when he gets his mind into that mode, and especially when he's going to compete, he takes zero shit in the gym. Business is focused on 100%. It's all, this is going to happen, this is not going to happen. Not the usual genial, he lacks a days ago, don't really care too much. What's got, Everything becomes really focused, and that's just because the gym has become focused, because they decided they're going to compete and they're going to get stage ready. And they haven't got time for bullshit, they haven't got time for fluff, they haven't got time to be Mr. Nice Guy. They've really become focused. And again, I saw the difference in a week to 10 days. Other people would do this. So one of the things you can do, and I don't like you to overdo it, but you can have monthly photographs, weekly if you're competing, and you can post these up. And every so often, if you have a gym grind kind of day, go back and look at your beginning picture. See where you are in comparison to your beginning picture. And decide for yourself, that you're not going to go back to that. Let me give you one more example because I just thought of this as well. So half the week, if not more, I train on my own. And I'm trying to do things that are still in grip, for example, Steve, world class. Still would have me in the top 15, top 20. Maybe I'm not going to be number one or not top 10 all the time on certain lists. But I still try to have that, that I'm not a million miles away either. Old man strength, whatever you want to call it. So middle of the week training sessions can be a grind. And again, I'm here on my own. I've got the music on, but maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm going to do a podcast after with Steve and I'm against the clock. So one of the things that I do is imagine I'm on stage. Imagine I'm on the lifting platform at a competition or, or I'm at a seminar because I've done seminars back in the day, Steve, and I'm demonstrating how this lift is done by someone who's been at that level. It puts my mind out of a gym that's empty with, the you know, cats scratching at the door. Or coming, we love you, daddy, whatever. And it puts me on a stage at the Arnold, which I've done back in the day, 2010, in front of a couple of thousand people. And I'm showing those 2,000 people how this shit is meant to be done. 
That's a visualization thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger had to talk about biceps the size of mountains. There's mobster up on stage lifting at the Arnold. And I can't fail because 2,000 people are watching me. So when I'm in that sort of need to be focused, need to stop thinking about stuff around the house, is the postman going to knock on the door or whatever, I'm, I'm living in a big building with a great, great home gym, but it's still my home. I need to think like I'm professional. I need to think like I'm competing and get my brain into that place where I'm showing those people. There are witnesses to what I'm doing, and I have to think like that to get my stuff away from the normal day-to-day, whatever the hell, what I'm doing in a half hour, what I need to do this afternoon, all that other stuff, and just be in that moment and focused for what I'm doing. What about you, Steve? Yeah, so let me give you a couple more here. Um, and it has to do with focusing as well. And it's training smart. And um, that's that's kind of a long-term motivational thing because when you go into the gym, you train like a moron. And you've got to take anti-inflammatories just to train at the gym. And then you've got to take cortisone shots afterwards just to dull the pain away. Something's wrong there. Something's done wrong with your training. You're basically, over time, it's going to get to the point where you're just sick of weight training because you're injured all the time and you're in pain all the time. Your joints hurt all the time. So training smart is very important. And it's about training with form. Not training like a gorilla and going around just throwing weights around or training like a rhino and just going around and just like you're in a bad mood and you're just going to go around and and run over everything you see. Because that's what, you know, that's what animals, some animals do in the wild. They just literally like have a hissy fit and they do that. So we don't want to go down that route. So we want to train smart. That'll keep you motivated long term. And you don't have to go into the gym for an hour and a half. A lot of people think that. You don't have to go to the gym for an hour and a half and pound the weights just to get results. A lot of people don't don't grasp that. I can remember I went to the gym and uh, the girl out front checked me in. It was in the morning. There wasn't a lot of people there. And then, then I left and I was like, all right, see you later. She's like, you're already done? So she went on the computer. She's like, let me see when, when you signed in. She's like, you've only been here 22 minutes. And I'm like, I'm like, and? And I'm like, what, you think you think you have to go in here and like pound the weight of weights for an hour to get in a good workout? I told her, I was like, in that 22 minutes, I got a better workout than any other person in the gym that's going to come today. She looked at me shocked because I went in there and I fucking handled my business and then I left. You don't have to go in there for an hour and a half. It's just not true, you know? And so it's about training smart and training efficiently with your time. It's not about going to the gym and spending an hour and then in between sets, taking seven minutes to go socialize and play on your phone and text, text, you know, that guy or girl that you're trying to hook up with the whole time. That's that's not what going to the gym's all about. So handle your business and you'll 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 be more more motivated to keep going back. And the other thing is it's kind of the opposite of what Mobster mentioned earlier. It's stay away from stimulants and stay away from food. Um, so in Mobster's case, he has a different way of training. So if you're strength training, then food would be beneficial. But if you're not strength training, if you're training for endurance or training for bodybuilding or training for aesthetics, or you're training in just to get a good workout, burn some uh, calories, burn some body fat, then train fasted and don't use stimulants because it's so much better to go in there clean 
and not have your heart racing when you're in the gym. You'll actually have more energy that way. But what happens is people get so used to using stimulants that they need them. Like if I tell someone who's been using stimulants for years to try working out without stimulants, they'll look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, I can't do it. I can't even get out of the bed without without some of my coffee. Well, look, I've been doing it my whole life. I've never believed in stimming yourself up to go in and work out. So once you get used to that, you won't ever want to go back. And there's nothing better than training clean. And then when it comes to training fasted, you got nothing in your stomach. Your body's not processing any food. Your body's using all its energy to focus in on the workout. It's not using energy to digest food. But in Mobster's case, because he strength trains for the most part, you food would be beneficial. So in his case, two, two and a half hours before the workout, I'd have a light meal, maybe a couple eggs, maybe a, a piece of um, natural toast, natural bread, which um, maybe like a, a keto bread or something like that that's made of all natural ingredients, a piece of fruit. That's pretty much what I what I would eat. I definitely would not throw a bunch of food at my body and make myself, uh, make my body have to work harder to have to digest the food and work out. But if you're training for non-powerlifting like Mobster is doing, then definitely start training your body to train fasted and you'll never go back. The energy that you're going to have is fantastic. You'll be well, way more motivated to do it. You know, so there's really no excuse for people to uh, eat a meal, then go work out. And then they complain, oh, I threw up after my squats. Every time I squat, I threw up. I see people posting that. I'm like, dude, you're throwing up because your body is evacuating everything because it's under so much stress that you're putting it on which is good. You're putting your body under stress. You're making it stronger in the gym, but ne but it's not good that you're throwing food at your body and then stressing it out. That does literally makes no sense. So learn to train fast. It's going to be difficult the first two, three weeks, but once your body makes that switch and learns, yeah, you're not going to give it any glycogen to burn through. It's going to have to tap into your own body stores. Then you'll never go back. So that's a great motivational tool, just changing up the way you're approaching, just changing the way your body utilizes energy can be a motivating tool. So, all right, Mobster, so once you finish up the show with some final thoughts, oh, I think it was a good show. We covered a lot of ground. If you're younger, literally just training for the ladies is a motivation, Steve. I'm thinking of one more before I finish up. So uh, this is real simple and you can do this in advance of the training session you're going to do. Have a target. Have a aim of the session of what you're going to do. And I don't mean time on the clock, guys. Like Steve, I've had arm sessions that are 25 minutes, 26 minutes, 27 minutes, multiple times. Yesterday, I think it was half an hour. Hell of a session. And I, kind of, I was fucked after. And it was only 25 minutes of biceps and triceps. One exercise for each. And then I think I finished off with a pump. So free exercises total. But having a target, uh, for example, Steve, it might be achieving a certain size of pump. It might be a certain number of sets and reps on the bench press. It might literally be getting in there, like Steve says, killing it, no bullshit, no socializing beyond signing in and saying hi to the person on reception, getting in there, put your headphones on, getting into your ritual, wearing your gym clothes, and I said, John, I'm going to be out of here in half an hour. And it's all the time I've got. But I want my back to be pumped. I want my chest to be pumped. Just that. You, everything else around you might be going to help. But you can do that kind of thing, Steve. 
And like I said, with the training diet, with the training log, whether it's a bet with your buddy, whether it's a competition, every single one of those things comes down to having a target. A, a particular thing that you want to do out of that training session, that you can put it on your log on there and the rest of the guys, what was what was the purpose of that workout today? What was the focus? Why did you do those exercises? Why did you do those sets? And you can turn around and say, I wanted to better my, my lat insertion where it attaches to the bottom of the rib cage. So I was specifically flexing the muscles and the contraction, that point in the movement. And I did certain exercises that are stretching a lot and I wanted to pump in there and then I was going to really squeeze the bottom of the lat. So the amount of weight wasn't crazy. The reps were just enough to get the pump but the squeeze that I had. And the whole goddamn session only took me 45 minutes. And you go, do you know what? We see it now. We understand it. And I, I like the fact that you're able to say to me in the training log, that's what you're doing. That's really important for you to have that. Because ultimately, here's the thing, guys, and this will be my final thought on this. Every single person that's listening to this podcast, every single person that we talk to on the forums, it's your journey, your grind, your good day, your bad day, what you are trying to achieve. We're there to support you, but ultimately it comes down to you. So the, the truth of the matter is, whether it's a, a, a former pro, whether it's the person that's the longest playing American football or whatever else, they need to get their asses out of bed, two legs into shoes and slippers and all the rest of that stuff. They live, they breathe, they sweat, they go to the toilet, same as you. The, the true difference is that their journey is important to them. And that's the reason that you'll get through in the day. When the day's a grind, you'll, you'll say, what is my reason for doing this? What's my target for the day? It's half an hour, it's 40 minutes, it's 50 minutes. I've done one on another podcast, even I talked about just being in that moment, the exercise itself, the set that you're doing, the reps you're about to do as part of that set is 90 seconds. It might be 60 seconds, 75 seconds out of a whole fucking day, out of a whole week. It's tiny. So you can go in there and you will get it got done when you sometimes think you are. Some of my best training sessions have been when I'm hanging, when I've been tired, when I've been worn out, and then the energy seems to have come from somewhere. It's like my body's held back and I've absolutely killed it on those days when I'm rushing, I've got things to do, all that kind of shit. So some of your best sessions will come on the day when you didn't think you had it in you to do it. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes, entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.